Everybody's always looking for that routine in their life, those structures and systems that keep you functioning throughout everything that you do. And one of the biggest structures and probably one of the most important things that you need to have is a place to live. Well, we're here today with Michael Nathanson, and he has the tools and the systems in place to make sure that it functions and gets you into that home that you want. I'm Dr. Jason Alvian, and welcome to Structurally Sound. We're here with Michael Nathanson. He is with the Nathanson Brothers Realty Team. He is probably one of the foremost people that you could work with here in South Florida and really anywhere throughout the country. He has so many connections and he's built such a great structure with what he does that he can help you find a home or sell your home anywhere in the U.S. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. And I got to say, you know, that was a great introduction. I truly appreciate it. And, you know, I've been told I'm one of the top 25,000 best realtors locally. Top 25,000. So <laughs> yeah, out of, tw out of about 23,000. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I, I personally worked with Michael and uh, he, a few times um, we bought with, we've sold with him. And it's really, really neat when you first sit down with him. When you are getting into this process, uh, I, it's just such mind-blowing, all the little details and things that have to be done, and most of the things we don't see. So I'm going to let Michael tell you a little bit more about his systems. Come on, Michael. Yeah, so we have great systems, and I'd love to say that I sit here and I made them all up myself, but we do a lot of what we call R&D. That's not research and development. It's uh, rip off and duplicate. So when we hear other people... <laughs> that have done wonderful things. We, t we think about it, we talk about it and put it into a system and it, it has been great. You know, I've been doing this for almost 15 years now. So when I first started, I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, you know, for those of you at home who don't know to become a real estate agent is very difficult. You have to do a full 63 hours of class time, pass a <laughs> test and then pass your state exam, and then boom, here you are. You're able to help people with what's typically the biggest investment they will ever make. So, it's a very low bar to get in and what you choose to do after is, is honestly the most important part, I think. So again, we have a system and a process for everything we do. What we try and do is we put ourselves in the seats of the seller or the buyer and we go over those details because we try to think of things that they would think of, right? Well, why isn't he doing this? Well, why isn't this happening? Well, my father said this. So we try and put all of that in to just help guide and make it as easy as possible. And we tell people all the time, we like to think of ourselves like ducks on the water, right? When you see a duck on duck the water, on the water. It, is so, it is so peaceful, right? It's so nice. They're just floating along. If you were to look under the water, their feet are flapping like crazy. That's us, right? We're flapping. You don't know half the stuff that goes on in a real estate transaction because we don't need you to. Uh, how fast are your feet moving right now? Right now, not at all, man. I'm chill. This is great. <laughs> not a duck on the water. That's my element, baby. <laughs> so one of the one of the main things that I know about uh, Michael is uh, he doesn't work with just anybody. He he actually picks and chooses the people that he wants to help buy and sell their home. And the one key requirement you need to make sure that Michael's day runs smoothly is he only works with nice people. That is very true. I, I It always comes out wrong because I say the only thing we discriminate against is people. But <laughs> to, to clarify, it's only nice people. If you're a jerk, 
I don't need to work with you, which is great. And, and, and just so you know, that's not like a defined line. Buying a home or selling a home is very emotional and stressful. So I'm not saying like people don't get upset or angry or sad during the transaction. That's fine. But when you're calling, you know, my administrator, Angela, and cursing her out, you know, we don't put up with that. I'm sorry. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you've, you've dealt with my wife. So uh... I love your wife. <laughs> She's the best. She really is. Yeah, we definitely got that going. Now, when you first got into real estate, you said 15 years ago. So I know that's been uh, what seems like a long time now. And you said you didn't know what you were doing and you did a lot of R&D. Uh, that's one of the main reasons we have this show together so people can listen and they can learn how to better structure their life. And going through a process of getting yourself on this functionality of being able to do what you want to do and being able to, in your case, get them into a home so they can continue doing that. Um, what is one of the main systems that you put together for people that helps them get through this, um, pardon my French, but less painful as we would be? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, first off, I'm going to give you the key to this entire thing. And this is one thing that I find so many people fight. And if they just gave in, and I'm talking for realtors, for business owners, people like yourself. I, I mean, get a coach, get a coach. Okay. I know what I'm doing in real estate. I've been doing it for a while. I'm pretty good at it. However, I always need that push. Look, Michael Jordan had a coach. Tiger Woods had a, had a coach. The best have coaches. That is the first thing. Get a coach. Now to help with the clients, it, honestly, the, the biggest part is communication. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been that second realtor, right? Maybe they didn't, they didn't know me or hadn't heard about me or hadn't talked to me before and they list with someone else. And I can't tell you how many times like, okay, so we listed the house and then I didn't hear from my agent. Like, what, what do you mean? Yeah, we didn't hear anything. Uh, so I'm like, Communication is key. So with us, we have a system for that. Every Tuesday, you will hear from me. Of course, if something happens in between then, we'll talk. But every Tuesday, I call all of my active listings, all of my active buyers, and everybody who's under contract. And we talk about where it is, you know, whether this, ha this is the feedback we've gotten on the showings from your homes. This is what the buyers are saying. Or, you know, these homes came up. You didn't like this because of this. We're, we've changed your search. We're looking here now. You know, so it's communication, man. That is the key in my business. I think that's one of the big keys in, in any business or even within families and friendships and even yourself. And, and as my, my practice uh, working on structure on the human body, it's about making sure that the human body can connect correctly and have that communication from one area of the body to the other. Because as you right. know, when there's any communication breakdown, whether it be internal within your own body or within person to person relationship, somebody gets angry and you either get loud or you get silent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true, my man. I'm the silent one. You're the silent one, huh? <laughs> yes, I, I am. Met his brother. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been in Florida? I've been in more than 15 uh, years, right? Yeah, about 17 years, I think. I lose track. It's just, it's so great here. Who, who cares? I'm here. I'm here, baby. 
So, so for those of you that don't know and, and don't hold it against him because nobody's perfect, but he did come here from Massachusetts. He is a, a Boston Red Sox fan, and he is very excited that uh, Tom Brady won another Super Bowl, even though it wasn't with the Patriots. So tell us what yeah. life was like um, and, and what, what happened in your early life that really made you the type of person you are today. I know this is people are. I don't know what people are going to say, but I had great parents, man. They were always there for me. They taught me right from wrong. You know, even with work ethic, my dad told me growing up. He always told me, he said, "Look, I don't care what you do when you grow up. It's whatever you want to do. I don't care if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, but if you do, you'd be the best damn burger flipper they've ever seen." So I have always done that in everything that I've done. I came from the restaurant world. Listen, when I worked at the Cheesecake Factory. I was the first one there and the last one to leave. I was there. I had fun. Don't get me wrong, but I was there to work hard, take care of people and take home the, the money. So that's how I built my career was working hard, being available. Now, listen, when I'm coaching my kids basketball game on Saturday afternoons, I don't care if you've got a hundred million dollars. I'm not answering my phone. Okay. Family time is family time. When I'm working, I'm all yours, baby. So you make sure you have a good schedule going along. Yeah, listen, more important than business is family to me. Family is number one, and I will be at every game. I'll be at every play. I'll be at every whatever. I will be there. So do, are you, do you have like every hour accounted for in the week on where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing? As a matter of fact, I do. It's uh, My calendar can get very <laughs> overwhelming sometimes. Actually, I have it printed out every single day. My calendar is full every day with what I need to do. Uh and yeah, that's what keeps me in line. Honestly, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Now, it's it's very easy to keep yourself busy. Um, but at the same time, busy does not always mean that it's uh, going to be functionally going correctly. I mean, there's people that could be busy watching TV and it's not producing or moving themselves in the direction that they want. Uh, how do you make sure that you keep moving in the direction that you want? very easy. I have my business coach and my business coach holds me accountable. It's true accountability. So for example, my coach, they might say to me, Michael, I need you to talk to 50 people this week. Now, when I have my coaching call, they're going to say, Michael, uh, you only spoke to 40 people. What happened? And I'll say, well, you know, the kid was sick. I had this appointment. I couldn't get to it. They go, okay, cool. No problem. So we have your credit card on file. I'm going to charge you a hundred dollars per call you didn't make. Uh, if you do some quick math, you know, that's about a thousand bucks. Now I don't mind going out to a nice dinner. Let's go have a drink and have a nice steak. I don't want to give you money. So I do everything in my power to not get fined. That is to me, that is true accountability. Oh, wow. So you, your coach does, does fining if you don't do what, what was asked of you to make sure that you move forward. That's, that's yes. a first. I haven't heard of that one before. I know about coaching and I've worked with coaches and uh, uh, get myself set up that way. So when you decided to pick this coach and you knew it was uh, uh, going to be this way, was there a push towards this coach? Did you know somebody using them or did you research them? How did you figure this out? So it's, uh, I've been coaching since I've been in the business because I've always believed, you know, I'm a sports guy. I've played sports my whole life. I love coaches, you know, love or hate, whatever it is. I know I need a coach. 
And every other coaching company I've been with, it's they offer accountability, right? They say, you know, Michael, you're supposed to make 50 calls. You only made 40. What stopped you? I give them the same crappy excuse. And they go, okay, we'll try to make it up for next time. And they never bring it up again. Now, there was a lender that I knew. This was before my brother was a lender, I must say. There was a lender that I knew <laughs> who said, Michael, you know, I love the way you run your business. Uh, you're so great with your people. I've got this coaching company. I'd never heard of them. And I thought I knew everybody. And it's called The Core. And he's like, how about this? We're having an event in Orlando. Come check it out. And I said, sure. And he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, it's $6,000. Check it out. And I went, what? He said, trust me. Do it. So I paid. I went and I signed up right away. Now, the cool thing about this company is every other coaching company there is, they have strict criteria to get in. If you can breathe and have a card, you're in. With this one, you actually have to apply. So I had to submit two years of tax returns. I had to have a one-hour interview with one of the owners of the company. And out of about 150 people that applied, they picked five people to join the company, and I happen to be one of them. So it's a uh, it's truly a great experience surrounded by a great group of people who are in the business and doing it. So this is like applying for a job, only uh, the money goes in the reverse direction with the company, yeah. but it allows you to then focus your life correctly and you end up profiting from it. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, my business has more than doubled since I started. Uh, it's been about five years with this company now and it, you know, even little, I mean, it's not even little stuff, but you know, like I said, it's very easy to get into real estate. So six years ago, if you would have asked me, Michael, is your business profitable? I would have said, of course it is. I sell a house and I get a check. Of course I'm profitable. Well, with this company, not only do I do a personal budget every single month, but I do a profit and loss for my business. So I know exactly what it costs to run my business. So I know if I'm profitable or not. And it's, it, it has changed my life. I've put money away. I've paid all my debt down. I've invested in my future. I mean, it's, it has changed my life for the better as much as I hate it. I hate the accountability by the way, but I know that I need it. Yes. Yeah, so like, like you were saying earlier, I mean, 63 hours and then a test to become a, a real estate agent. And it's comes down to, it's not just having that license. You are a business. Yes. Yeah. Most people don't realize that this is not a job. It's a profession. It's different. It's very different. Oh, wow. So, Michael, tell us something that has really hindered your, your growth in the past year and what you've done to hopefully overcome that. Uh, well, you're looking at it. I hindered myself. So in the last year, uh, I had a time where I had an administrative person on my team that unfortunately due to some circumstances, I, I had to part ways with her and I decided you know, it's COVID. I was working from home at that point. I'll do it myself. Well, I very quickly learned I am not a good administrator and I very quickly <laughs> learned that I need someone. So I went out, I searched far and wide and I found the amazing Angela and she is here and she is keeping my left ass. <laughs> I she did. <laughs> right. She's keeping my ass in line. Yes, she keeps my ass in line. So uh, for me, that was my biggest challenge was myself realizing that I can't do this. I, you know, we're a team. I need help. We all need each other. 
All right. Yeah. So you got this uh, work-life balance that you've been uh, focusing on. Give us a typical week. Like what are the hours you're putting in on work and what are the hours you're putting in on your personal time that you're able to keep this going? Because it seems like when you're doing real estate, it, there's more hours that you have to be flexible with the clients than just a nine to five job. Oh, absolutely. A typical week. Monday, I'm here by 8 a.m. And I, by the way, I make it my job to almost every day, at least, be able to pick up my kids from school. So I get here at 8. I pick up my kids by 5.30 on Monday. I go home. We do dinner. We hang out a little bit. And then I'll do, you know, after the kids start to go to bed, I'll go check my emails and see if there's anything I need to do that's important. Tuesdays, this is one of my favorite days. Right, I'm at the office by 8. I pick up my kid by 5. He has basketball practice at six that I coach and then daddy plays from seven to nine. And then after that, if I can still walk, cause I'm getting old, uh, <laughs> I go home, I take a shower and I, I jump on anything that needs to be done. Email wise at that point, Wednesdays again, same thing here by eight, you know, typically have a, a good networking, uh, event on Wednesdays midday. And then I pick up my kids. He has basketball practice at six. After that, I'm back doing contracts, negotiating, things like that. Thursday is another kind of off day. So I work from eight. My wife says, stay as late as you need. So it just depends what's going on on Thursdays. Fridays, I pick up my kids. We go, we hang out with friends in the cul-de-sac where we live. And then weekends, it's, you know, by appointment. So it just depends. Uh, my wife, thankfully, is in the business as well. She doesn't do real estate, but she's a, a title agent. So she understands that you know, we get to live our life because of the career that I chose. So she's very understanding. If like, honey, I need to go work for a few hours on Saturday afternoon. She says, go ahead. Don't worry about it. And then Sundays, I try and do dinner with my brother and father as well. Well, that's a, it's a pretty busy week. Now mm -hmm. you're running, running, running um, all week long, um, using whatever energy you have. And if your body's functioning like it's supposed to, you complete all these tasks. What do you do yeah. to keep yourself in check to make sure that your body is running the way you need it to? Well, you know, I, I've always been this guy who yo-yos on my, on my weight. I'm always up and down. I have been my entire life. So this, this past yo-yo down, it's been about a year and I'm trying to keep it down. So I've been consistently getting an exercise, not just playing basketball or coaching the kids. I've been, you know, I go for a run around the neighborhood. I'll just, you know, I got 20 minutes. Let me run out back and do some push-ups and squats and get stuff in. And then uh, I do a couple of other things. I try and get a massage every now and then because I think that really help release some of that tension of a very stressful life. I have this great chiropractor that I go to who helps me with my body. Uh, you know, honestly, like you keep me in check, man. You, there's times where I've got so much stress going on. I hold it in my shoulders and my neck and back. You just crack, crack it right out. And it's, uh, I mean, that is huge for me. I mean, there's times I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, I gotta go see Jason. I gotta go see him. Yeah. That's it. And then, you know, it's, I, I eat as well as I can. Not all the time. Listen, Friday nights, we get pizza every Friday night. We order pizza. So when was the last time you went to Magiano's? Instead of having five slices. Oh God, it's been a while. I miss Magiano's so much. It's been months, months and months. I got to get in there. I miss the chicken parm and Rajib. <laughs> the chicken parm. <laughs> 
So you now I, I know you're a, a big Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, you you must have came through that because you grew up in the area. Do you remember yes, that sir. defining moment that said, "I'm going to be a fan for life"? I think it was when I was young when my mother threatened me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a Red Sox fan, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. My, my father's not a sports fan; like he likes boxing and race car driving, which is cool. But my mother, like it, we had that connection. All the you know the Celtics, the Patriots, the Red Sox, the Bruins, and yeah. She put it into me just like I did to my kids. <laughs> now we're gonna bring it, we're gonna bring a circle back here to your your coach for your business. Now you have, you have the coach for your business to make sure that it keeps functioning the way it should. Have you ever considered mm-hmm. having a coach for your personal life? Uh, I think I have considered it, and you know, honestly, it's just just about finding making the time to do it. You see, to be you honest, see, yeah. you see like, how many hours do we have in a week? Do you know? Uh, I think it's like 24 times seven. So it'll be about 168. See, look at that. I knew you knew that. And uh, with your calendar, you should be able to account for every single one of those hours. It's something that I, I look at as well is uh, I look to see where uh, am I losing time uh, throughout the week, because there's so many hours that you can be focusing on doing something 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and just trying to keep that schedule as, as structurally good as possible. Um, otherwise, yeah. I, I know, like you said, if you don't have a coach and almost like somebody to be accountable to for every single moment, and if you're putting it on that calendar like you have, that really helps keep you on track. Now, granted, there's yeah. always a hiccup in the way, and this happens or yeah. that happens, but the more you have on that calendar, the better you're going. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one thing I've learned about my calendar is you put something on, you don't take stuff off. You just move it. So if you can't get to it because something else pops up, you got to move that. Okay. Moving it. All right. So right now it's uh seems to be a seller's market. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say so. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> It is so hectic, now, man. Now explain to somebody. Now there's there's buyers market and sellers markets. Uh, most people kind of understand that, but from uh, your perspective, what's the difference between buyer markets and seller markets? Uh, I can very easily explain it to you. So, the way we look at it is basically as months of inventory of closed sales. So, if you see six months of inventory of closed sales, and what that means is that if every home that we're currently on the market were to sell at the current pace that homes were selling with no new homes coming on the market, and it took six months, we call that a balanced market. We don't really see prices going up. We don't really see prices down. When it gets above six months, we call that a buyer's market, and we tend to see some gentle downward pressure on pricing. When it gets below six months, we call that a seller's market, and we tend to see some gentle upward pressure on pricing. Okay. And, uh, Does that explain it? Yeah. So right now, if there was no new houses going on the market, when would the inventory run out? Oh, my gosh. Let me see. In Boca Raton, I could tell you. Give me one second. I will tell you right now what it is in Boca Raton. <laughs> it's... Uh, I, I, I brought up some statistics. I didn't bring up the months of inventory, though, just in case you wanted to hear it. So give me yeah, a second, I'm and I'm pulling it up. the ones that you didn't look. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Yeah, that's, what, that's what it's about. Months of inventory of closed sales in Boca Raton for single-family homes in January, because obviously we're still in February, so I don't know the numbers. You ready for this? Yep. 0.7 months of inventory. 
Two point seven. So under so under half of what would be considered balance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it is hectic out there. I'll tell you this. I, I put a listing on the market in Boynton Beach this past Thursday. We stopped showings the end of the day Saturday. I had fifty five showings and eleven offers in that two days. So if you were so right now, if somebody was thinking of selling, now's the time to put it on the market. Yeah, because here's what I tell people. Look, I read and listen all the time to all the experts to when they think the market's going to change. And, uh, you know, at this point, they all seem to think that it may be June or July, but we don't know. What I do know is now, and it is hot right now. I don't know what it'll be tomorrow. I don't know what it'll be next week, next week or next year. Now it is hot. And people always say to me, yeah, but if we sell, we still have to buy, right? Mm-hmm. I say, yes. Well, you have a couple of options. One, what we do is when we put a house on the market for sale, when you have to buy, we get a long closing. We ask for like a 60-day closing, which gives you time to find your next home. We can also sometimes negotiate a lease back, right? Hey, we'll close in 30 days, but we need to lease back for 30, 60, or 90 days afterwards because a lot of people need to sell in order to buy. So they need those proceeds. Um, or, you know, other realtors may not want to hear this, but sometimes it's okay to rent for a year while you wait and see what happens, right? Because listen, the market's hot. I will tell you this, knock on wood, I have <laughs> never had a homeless client, right? We've had many, many clients sell and then buy. And I have never had a homeless client. We have, I think, four right now on the board that are selling and buying. Not one of them is going to be homeless. We're working all, all of them out. So I, I can tell you the, the last transaction uh, we did uh, was back in 2018. And uh, we uh, sold our home and it was officially done at noon on a Tuesday in May, May uh, 14th, I believe it was. And then at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, May 14th, we closed on the new house. So we were homeless yep. for two hours. Yeah. I don't count that as homeless. We went to lunch together. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all yeah. our stuff was sitting in the truck waiting for the closing on the other house to move in. So we, we did a, a sell and buy. And because we were able to use the same title company, we just sat in the office and did all the paperwork that day and handed off the keys to the one house and got the keys to the new house. And we're moved into the new house that afternoon. That was a, it was a yeah. very, Smooth transaction, um, yeah. From what I remember. Thank you. Yeah, listen, buying and selling real estate is always going to be stressful. Okay, we do our best to take away as much of that stress as we can. There's, you're still going to have stress. I promise you, right? If anybody who tells you it'll be a stress-free transaction, you're going to smile the entire. That's not going to happen. When you're dealing with people, things happen. However, we do everything in our power to take away as much of that stress as possible. Yep. I, uh, I know that that, uh, stress is coming again for us. <laughs> so I'm here. I, I looked, I looked at my, I said, can we just, we don't need to move out of the house we have now. We ultimately want to rent it when we're done. So why don't we wait until it's a uh, buyer's market again? It's not like we don't have a home. So she's still looking at things, but, uh, we're waiting to move into a, a new home hopefully in June or July, when you say you start seeing it be above six months, then uh, she'll uh, be knocking on your door. (laughs) I'll be here. I'm ready. And some advice for you, Jason. Uh Ready? Yes, dear. 
Oh, yep. 100%. 100%. What, what's that line? Uh, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> yeah, they say that all the time. I don't know. Is that true? Uh, well, listen, she wants to buy a new house and it'll actually be closer to my office. So I'm, I'm okay with that. My commute will get less. I, I can handle yeah. that. Now, That's there's great. probably a lot of new realtors out there. So we're going Oof. to uh, take this opportunity for you to take your 15 years of experience, give some advice to them. Now, outside of the coach that you have, which like you said, was $6,000, two years of tax returns, what advice could you give to somebody that's going in where you were 15 years ago, not knowing anything? So I would say a couple of things. One, go to a company that has great training. Okay. Keller Williams is one of those types of companies. I actually used to work with Keller Williams. They're great. I love the company. Their training is unbelievable. The only issue is it's kind of like what they call it, drinking from a fire hose or a fire hydrant, right? So it's all this coming at you. What do I pick? <laughs> do one thing at a time. Number two, read the contract. I tell every agent, I can't tell you how many agents don't know what the contract says. Right? They're having people sign a contract for a million dollars and they don't know what it says. So although I'm not an attorney and I'm not legally allowed to interpret it for you, I know what it says and I know what it means. Right? If you, tell, you, know, if you, if you come to me, Michael, explain to me the, uh, the inspection period. I can very easily tell it to you. Right? Read the contract. And then when you're done reading the contract, read it again and then read it 10 more times. I'm telling you, that will change your business. Another thing is, I believe new agents, it's great to join a team. If you can join someone who has experience, they've already failed a ton. Learn from their failures, take their systems, learn. It's not necessarily a forever thing unless you want it to be. You know, two years, you go in, you get that experience, and you learn, and then you jump out on your own. I, I think that makes a huge difference. If I could do it all over again, that's what I would do. So it's pretty much going in like an apprentice versus an employee, if you look at it yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's you're dealing with so much money here, and it's there's so many different people involved. It's t it's very easy to get lost, right? You have some great guidance, man. That's worth a lot more than giving up some of your commission for a team. Yeah, and th this, I mean, for probably a majority of the people in the world, this this is the biggest purchase they'll ever make. Yeah, yeah. Right. And put your ego aside. Ego doesn't matter. Just be real, be a real, be a good person. Listen, I tell people this all the time, right? I, I, I think I mentioned it before. There's over 23,000 licensed realtors just in Palm beach County. Okay. I don't look at them as competition. They're not my competition. I don't want all the business. There's too much. I want my fair share. That's it. I want my relationships. I nurture, I build, I grow. And I want you to do the same for yourselves. Plenty for everybody. Most people live somewhere, so. True, true. So, <laughs> so Michael, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, first off, call or text me anytime, 561-948-1592. More than happy to chat with you. You could email me, michael at soldbythebros.com, soldbythebros, B-R-O-S dot com or soldbythebros.com is our website. Check us out. We get some great reviews. People people like us. People really like us. <laughs>
anybody out there that is looking for a home right now, and we know that it's a hot market, uh, I suggest if you are in the Boca Raton area and you want to live down this way, Michael Nathanson probably has even sold the home prior to them selling it again. So he's sold a few homes more than once. Uh, He'll be able to give you the ins and outs. He can read the contracts. Look up Nathanson's brothers. Uh, They're a real estate team. Michael Nathanson working with Remax. Um, Make sure you give him a shout out if you are looking for any homes in the area. Michael, thank Thank you you for coming on. I'm Dr. Jason Alvian, and thank you for joining Structurally Sound. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.